0: It's Wednesday, December 16th. Time for the week 15 preview. We're going to do a rookie report. Welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. I am Jason Evans, joined as always by David Biggs. David, it's good to be here with you once again, and we are joined tonight <laughs> with very special guests, Glenn Dahlem. Glenn, hello, gentlemen. cheers, buddy. And Thank you cheers. so
1: much. Oh, I see, Thank I'm on, on the wrong wavelength. Right over here? my laptop. I appreciate We're it. We're
2: just yeah. going to uh, do a little shooter here. <laughs>
1: little,
0: little a little, little closer, Jeff. Cheers, cheers little closer. out
1: there to everyone. There we go. To, to week 15.
0: Week 15. If it's not on camera, Hopefully it doesn't you're still happen. In the playoffs. Mm. Okay, a little bit of chaos to start the show, but that's the kind of vibe we're going for tonight, everyone. Um, Right now, uh, we're having a few beers. We just had a little bit of the Tullamore Dew, as you can see over on stage right. Uh, There is a beer that we are drinking, the little Death Star, and uh, it is a fantastic, um, is it Imperial Stout, is it? I I think it's a Russian Imperial, yeah. Russian Imperial Stout, it tastes like, you know concentrated goodness yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) you know not everyone would say that about it i think uh uh we have refined palates that death star tastes like goodness (sighs) we've we've worked a long time towards this goal
0: i'm gonna rinse out my glass because this just leaves a residue that is gonna make every other beer taste like this
1: yeah but it's a it's a very good one and we have a lot of good beers uh lined up for this evening that we'll chat about uh if we remember uh as we pour them out
0: so uh going by the video starting from stage right we have the Nerd is the Word, which is a sour from Pollyanna, which we have had here on the show before. Next to that is, I believe, Dale Donut from uh, Scorched Earth. And then over here, we have a beer from Off Color Brewing. It is Dino S'mores. Dino S'mores, I don't think we've had it on the show before. I know that we've all had it together. Yes. Uh, it's a great one. And perhaps we will start with Not a Stout. Nope, it's a stout, it's a stout. milk Stachio. a <laughs> uh, milk stout with cocoa, cacao nibs, and natural pistachio flavor. <laughs> so I'm gonna crack this one open. Don't feel, uh, I'll make sure I save some for you guys. Although Glenn is uh, moving right along.
2: Compliments of Glenn.
0: I like your uh, your enthusiasm here, Glenn.
2: I like good beer, so let's let's drink some good beer.
0: Good yeah. beer is good to have. And-
1: And what's on the docket for the show
2: tonight, Jake?
0: Okay, so I did tell everyone that there's going to be a rookie report, and you may uh, be a fan, a true fan of Drink 5, and you're saying, if it's a rookie report, that's Glenn, that's not Sean. What's going on here? But, in fact, tonight we will be joined by our rookie expert, Sean Foss. Um,
1: You mean the other way around? No, 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 you're right. Where where is Sean? He'll be
0: joining us because he is not here in the studio. He is off somewhere... In the tubes known as the internet. So perhaps, Dave, perhaps we could uh, bring Sean along and say hi to him.
1: Yeah, let me shed some light on that and uh, and bring Sean right in. He should be uh, in the corner of the screen now. Hi, Sean. Say, say hi.
0: Hey, everybody. How's, how are you
3: guys doing there tonight?
0: All right, Sean. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Uh, so if you guys are new to Drink 5... Then uh, you need to know that Sean is the man who knows everything about the rookies. He posts a rookie report every week. He is uh, the you know end all be all of any knowledge you need for NFL rookies. Tonight he's going to give us uh, wow. his top ten rookies uh, rookie plays for week fifteen. Right. And yeah. since
3: Excellent. we
1: were just discussing the beers that we have here, uh, you're no slouch over there. What are you drinking currently?
3: Uh, so tonight I got something a little special. I've got. Uh... Goose Island, uh Bourbon County brand wheat wine ale. Oof. Uh it is right around 15 or 16% alcohol, which I did not know before I opened it. <laughs> uh, so it'll be an interesting evening. So maybe uh, just it's, one beer but tonight. But it's yeah. It's it's some high-end stuff from Goose Island. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Very that's nice. funny. Very nice. That's that's the good stuff right there. So
1: we're all going to be enjoying ourselves throughout this uh this <laughs> podcast for sure.
0: So uh, we can go ahead and dive into the rookie. Uh, I think that uh, we flipped a coin before the show and decided that we're going to start at number 10. So why don't you uh, go from 10 to 1 and let us know what your rookie plays are this week. Just, you know, give us a minute uh, to sort of chime in and let us us deposit our pennies five cents i don't know what the i'm losing my metaphors change change we're gonna give him some change i'm gonna gonna have another drink and let sean talk
3: (laughs) (laughs) well sure so before before i dive into the top 10 i i want to mention so the top 10 for this week is all running backs and receivers um so i want to at least kind of mention what to look for from the quarterbacks this week too but none of them are in the top 10 because let's face it if you're in a super flex league they're probably one two and three on the top 10 if you're not in a super flex league it's kind of hard to figure out what you're doing, where you compare them against the running back or receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to kind of explain them. So obviously there's three starting rookie quarterbacks, right? You got Justin Herbert, you've got Jalen Hurts, and you've got Tua Tungo-Bailoa. Um, The one that I think is the safest for this week would be Justin Herbert against the Raiders. We've already seen him play that opponent once, uh, and he put up somewhere in the ballpark of, I think, 325 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, You know, and I think somewhere around 20 or 25 rushing yards. Um, The Raiders are not a good defense. Uh, We've (laughs) all seen that. To put it kindly. Several weeks. Um, But they haven't been giving up blow-up games to quarterbacks. They've given up exactly two passing touchdowns for four straight games now. Yeah, they Um, are
0: uh, currently 10th most uh, in fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They're giving up medium games to everybody. So um, I, I concur with you in the sort of second quarterback uh, really solid start there. Mm-hmm.
3: Right, I I'd see him as I see Herbert as a low end QB one this week. Just he's got, you know, you're not going to sit him or you're not going to play him over a Mahomes or a Watson or an elite high end QB one. Um, you know, but he's a guy who you can trust if if you know if you have to play him, you shouldn't be worried about that. I think he's also kind of due for a big game. Um, oh, I hate Dave's, that word, dude. Yeah, Dave hates that. That's, that's sure. really scary. It's
0: like <laughs> nails on a chalkboard to Dave.
3: Fair enough. (laughs) Would you –
0: I I may be spoiling something later. Would you start him over Josh Allen?
3: No. Okay. No, certainly not this week as Denver is still missing their top three corners and had two other guys get hurt at the position last week. Yeah,
1: not a whole lot of people to start over him. Okay, that
0: that explains a lot.
3: (laughs) Yeah, A.J. Bouye is suspended and then the next two guys both are out. One is on IR and the other one is expected to be back maybe for week 16.
1: We were just chatting before the show about uh, Josh Allen being a top play and a top matchup for this particular week, which wouldn't always be the case against uh, Denver, but it, but it oh, is yeah. this particular week. So uh, thanks for spelling that out for us. Yeah,
3: So so I said Herbert is the top rookie QB this week. Number two, I would actually take Jalen Hurts ahead of Tua this week. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh. You know, he, he doesn't get a great matchup against Arizona. Uh, I think the Cardinals, um, let me make sure here, they give up. Um, I forget the exact rank, but they're, I think, in the top 12 at limiting quarterback points. So they're
0: the 13th fewest. You're you're nearly there.
3: Okay, oh, so 13th fewest. <laughs> but, um, in addition to giving up the 13th fewest points, they also have given up um, I'm sorry. Uh, they also have given up the sixth most QB rushing yards on the season, and Hertz ran for over 100 yards in his first start, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you think about it, her, Her, Hertz did not have a great passing game in his debut. He threw for somewhere around 160 yards and one touchdown, and he lost a fumble. He was still the QB10 for the week because of his rushing, yards. rushing
0: yards. Yeah. And Change. he's going to have a
3: great opportunity to have a big rushing game again. The Cardinals are a tougher or are, are as tough a pass offense, I should say as the Saints, but I still see him as kind of a high-end uh QB2 two for two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues. Um, you know, just because of that rushing ability. He's p- probably not going to run for 100 again. But his legs, he's probably going to get 70 or 80 on the ground. Sounds about right.
0: Yeah, I mean, that rushing performance was very impressive. It's only the second time that a quarterback has rushed for more than 100 yards in their very first game. Who was the first one? It's an easy one, Glenn. Come on.
2: Uh, Mike Vick? Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, really? The
0: only two quarterbacks to have rushed for 100 yards in their first game. Did you say Lamar Miller? You mean Lamar Jackson? I I'm gonna have another drink in Lamar Jackson. He's uh, not a except right. my penalty.
2: He's I, on thought, that one. I thought it would be
0: uh Michael Vick. Honestly. He's on a Even
2: dark I'm path.
1: Surprised. He's on a dark path, Jason. There's, oh boy. And yeah. Glenn, Glenn was like, okay, I guess maybe Lamar
2: Miller played a game of quick. Yeah, like I was now. like, <laughs> what? You're what? Yeah. Lamar Jackson? No. That makes uh,
3: sense. So Listen to so me, my... Mr. Smarty Pants.
0: <laughs> so
3: so just to touch on the last quarterback, Tua, um he's playing against the Patriots this week and the Patriots have given up some some pretty low scores to quarterbacks in recent weeks. Since they're by, they're averaging giving up, I think, 15 points per game to the quarterback over nine games. Yeah. But they've held four different quarterbacks to zero touchdowns and less than 10 points in that stretch, uh, including Justin Herbert, uh, who had his worst game as a pro against New England. And they've given up the third fewest quarterback points. Uh, per game on the season
1: yeah that was a, uh, that was a doozy of a game too Sean
3: and we don't even know we don't even know if Devonte Parker is going to play this week the Dolphins are pretty limited in terms of their weapons um, the Patriots the best way to attack them is on the ground if Gaskin or Salvan Ahmed play those guys should be in play to have a decent day uh, and hopefully limit Tua from having to throw the ball 40 plus times a game like he has the last two weeks
0: yeah I don't think Tua's strength right now comes from throwing the ball all over the place no that has not. I mean, he had, been a, he had a good day last
3: that. week doing it, but he. Um, I don't think New England would give would would give up the kind of game that he had last week against Kansas City.
0: All right, so uh, who's your number ten guy in the uh, rookie wide receiver?
3: Uh, All right. Uh, so so this we're talking running back or receiver. Um, so I mean we're they're, they're going to kind of yeah, they're in they're these ten. But number ten for me this week uh, is CD Lamb uh, from Dallas. He's not a guy who's got a a huge ceiling with Andy Dalton at quarterback. I mean, we've seen that pretty consistently since Dalton took over, Um, but his floor has been pretty consistent. He's put up over 40 yards, most games with Dalton. Um, And this week he definitely gets the best individual matchup of the, of the Cowboys receivers. Um, He spends about 85% of his snaps in the slot, uh, which means he's going to avoid Richard Sherman. and He's going to avoid Jason Verrett, who are the two best defensive backs on the 49ers Um, he'll match up with mostly with Dante Jackson, uh, and Jackson has given up a a QB rating of 104 on throws that go into his coverage. Um, it could be a great spot for lamb to kind of get on track and kind of do a little better than that, that four catches 40 yards kind of floor area that he's been in most weeks with Dalton. Um, so I think he's got some upside this week.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, CD has, uh, has had a couple of rough games, uh, and you kind of went over why that was the case. Washington, Baltimore, and Cincinnati uh, only uh, allowed him uh, uh, four, seven, and seven fantasy point performances. Uh, but I, I can totally see where where he has the opportunities. Um, so, so we'll see how that goes. You're not uh, at all worried about last week's performance? They only had uh, two, two targets in that game?
3: They won 30-7. to seven. Uh, When have they been in the situation where they've been in positive game script the whole game?
1: <laughs> hey, fair I, enough.
3: <laughs> it's not going to happen against the 49ers who at least have a competent enough offense Yeah, um, that they're going to be able to either make it a close game or win easily. And so Dallas is going to have to throw the ball more. I'm not that concerned about the two targets last week. It's rare um, to expect Dallas to win in a route with how bad their defense is. And, and again, Andy Dalton, at quarterback.
1: Okay, so who's number nine?
3: Uh, so number nine this week is a little bit of a surprise. Not a guy many people are real aware of at this point. It's Lynn Bowden Jr. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Miami Dolphins slot wide receiver. He has running back eligibility. Um, in most fantasy uh, most fantasy sites you can play him as a running back,
1: but he's their um, slot wide receiver. So, yeah.
3: but he is their slot wide <laughs> receiver. He's a guy who um, you know hadn't didn't play a lot after the Dolphins originally traded for him. Uh, he went on the COVID list for a week and it looked like Malcolm Perry, the other versatile rookie receiver they had, um, was going to be kind of the guy that was going to step into that slot role. And then Perry didn't really produce for the couple weeks he got the opportunities. Uh, Bowden has played a lot more snaps there in the last two weeks. And you saw last week he topped 80 yards um, and they're still going to be pretty devoid of weapons this week. Bowden's going to be a guy they look to. Um, and the, the Patriots allow the third most yards per target on throws to slot wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to be aware of. I expect him to have a solid game, um, probably in the same ballpark of where he finished last week.
1: Okay. I uh, I have a dynasty squad where I, I drafted Bowden and still held him for the whole time because I, I thought that there was still something something there but like you said i think the most important thing is that they don't have the other playmakers going so why why not bring a guy like that out that's multifaceted and if he has dual eligibility then that's great for some teams that maybe are in deep leagues or maybe you have injury problems on your roster and you slot that guy into uh, a running back position and he can give you in a ppr league uh 10 12 uh 20 points depending on uh how many passes he gets in the slot because how many uh, receptions did he have last game
3: um, I think it was six and, or seven. I, I know he yeah, had he hit 80 yards. Um, um, I don't have the number of catches handy. I can pull it up pretty quick. You said right here. 10.
0: I believe it was 10. I picked him up in the drink five league this week. Um, but he had he had uh, nine for seven, nine targets, seven catches, 82 yards, uh, another rush for two yards, um, and one passing attempt. So he's getting the ball <laughs> all over the field.
1: Yeah, he's sort of an everything uh, kind of player and uh, there's there's not too many of them that come across that especially at the dual eligibility positions. So, Yeah, take... I actually, well,
0: you know, I'm sort of sketchy at running back in that league and so I just grabbed him, you know, if if somebody has covid in the middle of the week, I can throw him in running back.
1: Or maybe throw him in there anyway if you're in a PPR league.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I've got Jonathan Taylor.
1: Well, you're not playing him I'm over Jonathan screw Taylor. Just threw up
0: everybody's name <laughs> not on well, purpose tonight. And it's, it's, it's more interesting, funny when I do you it mentioned
3: on you mentioned that those kind of players are rare, but the Dolphins have two of them. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Bowden uh, played a little bit of quarterback in college along with wide receiver, running back. He played a little bit of everything. Yeah. Malcolm Perry, the other guy who's the slot wide receiver who was playing there before Bowden kind of got in there and started producing, uh, was a quarterback at Navy, uh, like a triple option quarterback. So they both have that kind of versatility that they can play a lot of different roles. It's weird to see those players are unique, but there's two of them on that team.
1: So what you're saying is, Sean, they, they don't have to worry about a Denver Broncos situation. They have like 18 quarterbacks on their team. They're, <laughs> they they're they, going to be all right. I mean,
3: <laughs> they would be better than Kendall Hinton throwing the football, I would assume. 100%. <laughs> uh, Who you got at number eight? So number eight uh, is a guy who's a little dicey this week, but I still I still think he's going to have a bigger game than he's had the last couple of weeks, and it's Chase Claypool. Uh, from Pittsburgh um, there's been a little bit of concern there because they've cut his snaps a little bit the last two weeks um, as I'm sure you guys are well aware it seems like he's played a little bit less uh, against Buffalo and against Washington but you look at the result that they're 0 and two in those two games and I think they start to to get Claypool back on the field a little bit more. Um, and in the spot that he would play is going to be kind of the same place where James Washington's playing on the outside. And his matchup would be against Darius Phillips, who is about five foot ten, and Claypool is six four. I think he's going to get at least one touchdown in this game, and uh, if they get in close to the red zone, they're going to find him on a fade or something with a six inch height advantage. He's going to get a touchdown on Phillips at some point in the game. Yeah, um, I do think he gets back into kind of the seven to eight target range and off of this three or four that he's seen the last couple weeks.
2: To mention uh, uh, about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have they have had a huge problem with drops all with every other wide receiver, and I don't think Claypool has had those issues, has he this year?
3: Not to the same degree that I think Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron are the two most uh, most guilty.
1: Tell me about um, it, Sean. Tell me about it. <laughs> yes, yes,
3: From what yeah. I've seen, and I mean, Ebron makes some crazy plays, but man, he he makes some some bone a some lot of just, drops. Oh, yeah, well, I think as a, uh,
1: as a as a Steelers fan, I think what, what we can point at is, as being a problem, especially over the last couple of weeks. But even beyond that, really, is uh, is offensive run blocking and the running game in general. Uh, and then they're, they're scheming. I wasn't
0: aware they had one. They're <laughs>
1: they're, they're scheming in the in in the pass game, like you're mentioning, uh, not wanting to necessarily use the players that should be used in those particular situations. So I agree with you. If they if they end up uh, using Claypool more. Uh, like they should, because he's quite a playmaker, uh, and they're able to shore up the offensive line a little bit, uh, Cincinnati is a good game to come back to, you know. Oh, uh, exactly. 100%. 100%. So, to yeah. answer
0: your question, Glenn, uh, he is at a 59.5 catch percentage this season, which I would say is um, average for a guy who's more of an outside, down-the-field receiver. You're not going to get up in the 70s and 80s for those kind of guys. Yep. Um, so, that's it's pretty respectable for a rookie, uh, and he is playing the Bengals. He had 10 targets in the uh, first matchup against the Bengals. So, you know, they, they like picking on that matchup. Clearly. Uh, I think that you're onto something there. uh, Sean, He had two touchdowns in that game. I was going to say, he had a big touchdown game that game. Yep. Yep. Okay. I
3: also, I also think he, um, I, I think I forget the exact stat. I think a couple of weeks ago when I had seen it, I think he had more than half of the targets or more, half of the catches that went for 30 or more yards. So, he does get the downfield targets that you don't see for Juju and for Deontay. Um, he is the guy, if they're going deep, it's usually the Claypool
1: Excellent. Well, let's, uh, let's get through some more of these guys. So who's next on your list? Sure.
3: Uh, so the next one, the top seven, I really like all of them this week. Uh, but number seven is Baltimore Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Dobbins would be higher if I trusted he would catch any passes. Um, he may have one or two receptions. Uh, But this is a matchup where he should be fantastic. Um, In the last three weeks, the Jaguars have given up at least 120 rushing yards and 20 or more fantasy points in half DPR scoring to the lead back that they faced. Granted, they faced three of the absolute best in the league in Nick Chubb, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry in those three games. Um, You know, but they've also struggled to stop you know, average running backs throughout the season. There's only two teams all year whose number one running back didn't reach at least 11 points in that half PPR scoring really? against them. Uh, and Dobbins has clearly kind of taken the front. He's he's the lead guy of the committee. They're still not going to completely hand it over to him and let him play 80% of the snaps like Jacksonville does with their running back. Um, you know, but he's clearly way out in front of Gus Edwards, and they pretty much phased Mark Ingram out at this point. Um, so Dobbins is going to get the majority of the carries. He's had double-digit carries in five out of six, five out of the last six games, and a touchdown in each of the last three. I like him to extend that to six out of seven and four straight this week, and I think he's going to be a really strong play.
1: Yeah, and as you alluded to, Ingram is being phased out of that running game, and it's it's uh, it's not that he can't run at all, but it's like why would you not feature Dobbins, who is your you know spitfire lightning running back? And that's exactly what they're doing, and that's what they should do.
3: And hes I mean, he's clearly been the most explosive guy that they've got in that backfield. I mean, Gus Edwards has looked good the last couple weeks, but Dobbins is clearly the most explosive guy they have.
1: Yep. Who's next? And i uh, Glenn just cracked open another beer, and this one is Nerd, Nerd is the Word. Nerd is the Word. It's from uh, Pollyanna Brewery and Roselle. And it is a sour with, uh, uh do you remember the flavors? It's some kind of, a uh, plum. They use nerds with like
2: the candy. With, with strawberry Concord grapes, and lactose added. And I, it doesn't say in the can right now, but I'm sure they use nerds in there somewhere. It's, it's delicious. Did you it see something
1: tart. about the process where they're actually, like, pouring, pouring nerds in there? It's
0: not like the Dale donuts where they're actually dumping boxes of Dale donuts into the, uh, into the okay. thing. So it's more of a, uh, Uh, i I think a symbolic a name thing rather than perhaps uh actual nerds being dumped in but that that would be fun uh so sean who is the next guy on your list there
3: all right so next we are going to venture back to another wide receiver here this one is going to be vikings wide receiver justin jefferson Uh,
0: i love jefferson this year oh
3: what a great play so but jefferson again you mentioned what a great play. He's sitting at number six on my list this week. That tells you how many guys have pretty solid matchups this Very week. Very strong
0: plays this week, yeah. Yeah,
3: there's some good rookie options this week. Uh, I mean, so the Bears have been a pretty strong defense against receivers on the year. They give up the third fewest points per game. And again, all this is in half PPR scoring. Yeah. Um, but in their last five games, they've allowed three different receivers to top 100 yards. Um, Jefferson, the first time around against the bears had eight catches for 135 yards on 10 targets. Um, you know, and in the two games, they didn't give up a 100 yard, uh, receiver. One of them was against green Bay where the game was over before halftime Uh, green Bay ran him off the field. The other one was last week against Houston where the Texans were without both or without Will Fuller. They were without Brandon cooks. They're without, uh, Randall Cobb. So they're down to their backup of backup uh, wide receivers, and they're the other team that didn't get a guy to 100. Um, You know, obviously it's possible that Thielen has a bigger game this time around than last time. Um, You know, but you have to trust the upside that we've seen with Jefferson and the consistent targets he's seen over the last month or so, Um, and you have to expect him to be a solid at least wide receiver two uh for your lineups this week he should be another a solid play again even though the bears seem like a tougher wide receiver defense Mm
0: -hmm. i've loved watching jefferson play this year Uh, dave has him ranked as number 10 uh by the way if you guys are looking for some good rankings make sure that you go to drink5.com you can look at dave's rankings uh exclusively he is one of the experts listed on fantasy pros as well so if you are on fantasy pros comparing experts make sure you include him in your list um, because he's going to get you to the place you need to go twice this season. He has been the number one, uh, at wide receiver.
1: Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's fun to, fun to see your name in, in lights sometimes. And oh, yeah. I've, I've been able to go cause I use fantasy in, in pros. In this case
0: it's in tweets, but well, I use fantasy, that's perhaps better.
1: I use fantasy pros myself. Uh, you know, even though I'm out there ranking every week. You're not just
0: the spokesman, you're also a client. <laughs> that's right.
1: It's just like Bosley <laughs> or whatever. Some kind of uh, hair replacement, uh, surgery. Fantasy <laughs> yeah.
0: pros, advice club for men. I mean,
1: probably a lot of those guys are doing the same thing, right? They're 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 also going for for hair replacement surgery. <laughs> but uh, uh, I I think it's a really fun uh, thing to use fantasy pros in general, even if you're not going to take their advice verbatim. It's fun to see uh, guys from from our site, Drink Five, as well as Sports Illustrated, CBS, Yahoo, all these all these uh, uh, well known and uh, respected websites, magazines, uh, news channels, etc. Um, You've that, really
0: gone up the list this year, Dave.
1: That are talking about I'm
0: making your way up there. Who like it
1: that. is that should play at each position, um, with all the matchups that are going on, et cetera. And yeah, so like when I when I look at wide receivers overall, I'm probably uh, in the 20s now out of like 180 or 200 fantasy experts, and that's great. But you know what? Uh, there are still a lot of guys on that website that are uh, more consistently uh, accurate than I am, and that's why I go there and take their advice sometimes on on plays. Uh, as much as I uh, um, uh, put out my own, so I I, I think it's a good community, uh, and we don't get paid by them. But I love Fantasy Pros, so do do check it out. Sean, do you Absolutely. use Fantasy Pros at all for uh, for uh, even you know looking at uh, points against or anything like that?
3: Um, so normally, if I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, I want I like to look at the consensus rankings. Sure. That's normally what I go there for, and usually, it's not so much about. I, I like normally after I've done the rookie article for the week and, and kind of given my thoughts on them, yeah, I'll kind of double check against and see how, where I'm at compared to everybody else.
1: You're like is some guy um, is some guy way off like an outlier that I missed something?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think usually I know if I have a play a rookie higher than where I think everyone else is going to have them mm-hmm. for that week. Um, but it's nice to kind of take a look and see if I if I said hey this guy's a borderline guy or a start guy and everyone else has him at number 40 at his position, you know, and then they have a big game. Obviously you feel good about those kind of situations, but I do like yeah. to look and see where the consensus is on players. Cause it gives you, I mean, if you don't know the consensus, it, it makes it hard to kind of find advantages where you, you may think someone may be high on someone or low on someone, um, especially when you're trying to do trades uh, within fantasy leagues.
1: Yeah. Good input. Let's uh, move on to the next guy.
3: All right, so we're into the top five. Number five is an interesting one. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, running back from Detroit. Uh, The Lions are probably not going to have a great offensive week this week if Matt Stafford doesn't play, right? They're going to have Chase Daniel step in at quarterback. Uh, But that's not necessarily a bad thing for Swift. So um, the Titans for the year allow the seventh most running back points per game. Uh, But they also give up a healthy amount of receiving production. Um, they've given up the 10th most receiving yards to running backs uh, and they've all only Detroit themselves have given up more receiving touchdowns to running backs than the Titans have um, Swift where there's a little concern after he had his concussion and the illness that followed it um, that he might be play a more limited role but he was almost back to his normal full time role last week against Green Bay mm-hmm. uh, and he did find the end zone in that game I think he's going to continue to play kind of the full time role going forward. Um, And the switch at quarterback might not be a bad thing for him. So Chase Daniel in his career has had five games that he started and another one that he threw 30 pass attempts where he came in in relief of Mitch Trubisky as a bear in those six games, about a third of his pass attempts went to the running backs for, for this season, Matt Stafford has targeted the running backs and only about 20% of his throws. And that's if you count gadget player, Jamal Agnew as a running back he's more technically a defensive back but they've used him as a receiver as a running back in kind of different roles if you count him as a running back then it's at about 20 percent of stafford's throws chase daniel again targets the running backs on about a third of his throws and really there's no one even close to swift in that backfield in terms of pass catching ability um for ppr leagues i think swift could have some huge upside this week in a in a matchup that yeah they're likely to lose their 10 point underdog uh, but again, that could play in his favor if a lot of the targets are going his way. Do you, do you account the uh, same
2: thing with Chase Daniel with the Bears with a terrible offensive line where he had to throw the ball with no time going on? Is it the same thing in Detroit or is Matt Stafford pressured <laughs> or is there a difference or how would that change the aspect?
3: Um, the, the Lions, I think, have kind of a, an average offensive line. It's not terrible. It's not good. Okay. Um, I wouldn't put them in the top tier in the league. Um, but I do, think, I do think Daniel will be throwing to Swift a lot. He's the be- He's going to be one of the best players in that offense, and he's a guy they should be featuring. Um, I expect him to look his way. He also looks to slot receivers a lot. Danny Amendola could have a nice game there as well. Um, I don't know that I would want to play Marvin Jones for Detroit this week. Um, but I do think that their O-line, it'll keep him upright, but I still think he's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly enough that Swift is going to be very involved as a receiver.
1: Okay. Number four,
3: let's do it. Number four is a guy that you've probably started every week if you have him. Uh, it's James Robinson from the Jaguars.
1: There we go. There um, we
3: he's been just rock solid every week. And it's it's incredible because the Jaguars have one win on the season. So you keep waiting for these weeks where he's just going to do nothing because they don't run the ball because they're in a deep hole. Well, last week they were in a pretty deep hole, and Robinson had a down game by his standards, and he put up 12 fantasy points. <laughs> That's a down game for James Robinson at this point. Um, the Ravens have been you, they have been able to be run on. Like teams have had success running the ball against Baltimore. Um, you know they've given up. Let's see, at least 60 rushing yards to the opposing uh, number one running back and 10-plus points to that lead running back in five straight games. Um, The Jaguars haven't been blown out a lot this year, and Gardner Minshew coming back I think will give them at least a little bit of an offensive spark. Uh, And, again, going back to kind of the targets to the running backs, you know, Mike Glennon, I mean, it's not like there's going to be a drop-off in in passing targets going his way. Mike Glennon was thrown to the running backs about 18% of his throws. And Minshew for the year is at about 20.5%. So a little bit higher even from Minshew, but don't look for his passing usage to drop off because of the quarterback change.
0: What do you think about James Robinson, Offensive Rookie of the Year? This is not a
1: fantasy-related question.
3: No, it's not. But, I don't but,
1: care. But Jason's been hounding on it all week. So, give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts, Sean. I'm hounding somewhere else.
3: Um, I think that he's probably been the most—I mean, the most impressive rookie, especially when you compare against expectations going into the season. Because uh, he was
1: an, th- an UDFA. He was an undrafted free right. agent. An UDFA. That's what they say uh, in Minnesota, Jay. I think.
3: I think he's <laughs> he's obviously got a great chance at it. I think a. Dark, there's a dark horse for this award that's coming up on my list yet that I'll mention when I get to him. Um but I think that Robinson right now would have to be looked at as the front runner because none of the quarterbacks have been kind of, I mean, if Burrow hadn't gotten hurt, it was probably Joe Burrow.
1: Or if Herbert um, had continued to do uh, as well as he was in the, in the beginning part of the season, it would clearly be Herbert.
2: Well, he ran into us yeah. uh, into a train and they were called the <laughs> England the, Patriots.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. And the and Belichick
0: Bill, Bill
2: Belichick taught you that you're a rookie
3: quarterback.
1: Is uh, He ran into the hoodie as Troy uh, was calling him in the chat room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think
3: I, I think even with Herbert I mean he wasn't putting up as many yards as Burrow was Burrow had I think a 400 yard game at one point and might have thrown for I mean he might have been in the ballpark of 45 to 4,800 yards if he'd been healthy all year and Herbert wasn't going to get near that I, I think Herbert's had a big year um, but I think Robinson even if Herbert hadn't kind of gotten a little derailed by the Patriots I'd still probably say Robinson Uh, was the front runner for that i don't think rookie of the year really takes into account win loss records of the team uh nearly as much you can win that award on a bad team if you put up crooked numbers and to come into the year as an undrafted rookie and do what robinson is doing it's hard not to recognize that and, and reward that you know overall overall
2: rookie of the year not offensive correct
0: no offensive rookie of the year
3: Overall rookie of the year. Sep- is they're your two, guy, separate they're yes. two separate awards. Probably two separate awards yes. there,
0: Clyde. I can't imagine <laughs> Chase Young being uh, anyone being ahead of Chase Young in the overall rookie of the year discussion.
1: All right. Well, let's 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 uh, you know move on from this because it's not really relevant to fantasy, but it's a fun discussion to have. And maybe uh, you can bring that up, Sean, as you talk about the other rookies because you mentioned there was a dark horse candidate. But uh, let's move on to the next guy.
3: So this next guy's not the dark horse candidate, uh, but he is a guy who put on a clinic running the football last Thursday night. Uh, Cam Akers, Mr. running back Akers. from the Rams. Um, so oh. he gets the Jets this week. Oh, uh, very nice. oh my gosh! Don't 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 get too excited just yet. So he's a good play. The Jets do give up running back points, but they do it on volume. They're not a team that um it's just getting gashed in the run game for big chunks of yards and long plays and big numbers they are the worst pass defense in the nfl that's what has killed them they fall behind because they can't stop the pass um they actually rank fairly high they're eighth in run defense dvoa on football outsiders so Mm -hmm. they can defend the run but when you're behind by three touchdowns or more a lot of the time (laughs) teams are going to run they're going to run the football and acres is the lead back right now um you know as long as he's able to punch in a touchdown maybe two against this team he's going to have a strong game uh, but something to keep in mind uh the only running back who's actually scored more than one touchdown against them this year is melvin gordon um so the jets haven't given up that huge ceiling game but they consistently give up that it's a start worthy solid performance so that's the kind of game to expect from acres he is as high of a floor as you're going to find in a lead running back this week, although the ceiling might not be there.
1: You know, I think a lot of us, uh, and I talk about uh, fantasy experts and, and people that I play with in in a bunch of the leagues that I'm in, and I'm in uh, seven this year, um, identified Akers as someone who uh, was coming on the whole season, but the coach was just uh, trying to, to bring him in slowly uh, and not uh, announce him as the starter, not bring him in to have all the touches, et cetera. And it seems like that's finally happened for him. So I'm, I'm happy for Akers, and I do think that like he's one of those players at the end of the regular season to the beginning of the fantasy playoffs, this doesn't happen very often, that uh, you can start uh, and, and just continue starting every single game uh, who was a player halfway through the season uh, that was on the waiver wire mm-hmm. on almost every league. So...
3: so- I don't know if I agree that he's been coming on all season. He's a guy that coming into the year, I expected to have a big role, but Daryl Henderson played at a high level in September and October. He was a guy that was playing well and holding off acres because he was playing so well. I don't think it was a situation where acres was just this close to starting Henderson had to basically start scuffling for acres to start playing more. And that's what happened. Acres in limited snaps made some big plays. Henderson struggled. And Akers started to get more and more work. I do think Akers is the more talented back. He's the guy who should be the lead back there. Um, but I I think that if Henderson had continued to play the way he played in September and October beyond that, I think we'd still be talking about Akers like, is, ah, it's coming, it's coming, but it's not there. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> I don't disagree with you, sure. I hear a lot from beat reporters I and stuff, and I, I'm, I'm you know, taking some of that into consideration mm-hmm. as well. But you're right, like in the actual game script, and we talked about this through the season, Jason – uh, there was a lot going on there uh, in in that running back room and that's why I, I said for for weeks and weeks that it was basically pointless at, at one point to even select anyone from from that room because it wasn't going to work out for you um, and and there was it's not just Henderson but there was a couple guys in rotation but um, your points well taken acres is the guy now you agree with that
3: yes oh I mean going forward I mean he could have, peak Todd Gurley type usage um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean we've seen what if, if if McVay commits to a running back as this is my lead guy we've seen what kind of fantasy upside they have in in peak Todd Gurley I don't know that Akers has the kind of talent that peak Todd Gurley but that guy was he was special um but Akers is going to get a lot of usage if he continues to play the way he's playing
1: great let's move on to the next guy
2: so
3: number two let's, is a fun one this Let's up this guy's
2: week. glass, too. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought that was for you. I
0: apologize. Uh, I had some Davies yeah. a little bit more of that. Oh, okay.
3: So Damies. number two on my list is another wide receiver. what's this in your my glass top, right now. My top wide receiver for the week. It is San Francisco 49er Brandon Ayuk. Ah. Uh, really? This is an interesting play. I like, so, I'd like. i like to hear more. So Brandon Ayuk and the 49ers are up against Dallas uh, this week. Um, I I don't think that they're at a level where they're going to run Dallas off the field. Uh, Nick Mullins is not a very good quarterback. He's turned the ball over. The the team has turned the ball over multiple times, several weeks in a row. I think it's three or four games in a row now um, that they've had more than one turnover in a game. Mm -hmm. It might even be a longer streak than that. But as you guys probably are aware, Dallas is one of the worst wide receiver defenses in the league. They allow the fifth most wide receiver points per game. Um, and if you throw out Ayuk's week one and, or his first game as an NFL player, there have been four games since then that he has played with no Debo Samuel on the field. Um, one of them I'm counting last week where Debo got injured on his first touch and didn't play the rest of the game as one of those four games in those four games, Ayuk has 48 targets. And fantasy point totals of 18.6, 19.1, 16.2, and 16.9.
1: Yeah, he's killing it. And Debo's, and th- Debo's and, not on the radar anymore. So, no. And
3: three of those four games were against teams that are currently in the top 12 in the league at limiting wide receiver points. Right. So he has blown up against some of the better wide receiver defenses in the league every time Debo's been out. Now, granted, George Kittle hasn't played in those games either. I think one of those Kittle played in, and it was the game he got hurt against Seattle. So, and there is a slight chance Kittle plays this week. He was uh, they designated him to return today to open that three-week window. I don't think it's likely he plays on Sunday. If he does, it maybe knocks Ayuk down just a little bit. Uh, but against a bad wide receiver defense, expecting him to get ten plus targets. Um, you know, he is the only downfield threat they have at receiver, and he's just been phenomenal the last few weeks. He's scoring a touchdown almost every week. Um, you know, I, at this point, I think you have to look at him as, as he's almost on par with Jefferson going forward. I, um, and he's the guy who I think, without Debo on the field, if he continues to play the way he's played over the next few weeks, he's the dark horse that could sneak into that Rick, offensive rookie of the year discussion
1: you know what they say is is that it's uh it's it's always the um it's the 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 last impression that you make often uh when we're talking about sports and not the first impression
0: the strong finish
1: yeah yes. so so that certainly could be the case uh you're assuming a lot of him but he's set up to succeed in a big way there
0: he has, what, he has I the mean, coach one i mean one of those
2: games too. yeah the coach for that. Yeah. It, 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 Shanahan's always been one of those guys that that throws the balls and makes sure, or throws the ball out there and makes sure that there's yardage to be had. But uh, obviously, with injuries, it's been tough over there. Well, there's so.
1: just hardly any receivers, and you've got yeah. Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly, um, yeah. you know. But.
3: Uh... <laughs> I mean, he's getting I mean he's getting Deontay Johnson level target volume and he can catch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's an important factor. Right right he's <laughs> about shots fired at Steelers fans.
2: Deontay, Deontay Johnson just facts, dropping man. passes <laughs> in my in my dynasty league is just killing me. Hey, but
1: well, I yeah. think everyone knows Deontay's a good receiver. The problem is that you're not a, a, a great receiver if you can't catch the ball. What do you
0: think time. about him uh being essentially benched after two drops? Do you think like, Ooh. Deontay this. He week, was
1: he was not benched. He came back in and he had four catches.
0: He did not play the rest of the first half.
1: Yes, he was benched in the first half. Yeah. Well I mean Tomlin is a guy who doesn't take any shit.
3: So you said <laughs> essentially after two drops, but it was two drops in that yeah, game. Yeah,
1: I mean it's been games. There so it were weeks oh, yeah, it was of him dropping the ball,
3: <laughs> building up. For it sure. wasn't a one time oh he dropped two passes, he's benched. It's not like Zach Moss, who fumbled the one time and didn't play the rest of the game against San Francisco.
1: Look, as someone who had Deontay on, <laughs> on his team in a in a fantasy matchup, I wanted to win. I certainly didn't want him to be benched, but I, I get it from uh, Tomlin's perspective too. I mean, these guys have to perform, or else why are they on the team? And so you gotta you gotta you know make an example of them sometimes. Uh, but but I think Brandon is a, a is a great one. So so where does that where does that put us, Sean? Uh, w- uh, what position was he in? Uh, So he was number two. And again, you mentioned
3: that it's kind of a more recent thing, but one of those games that he had a blow up game was week three or four, where he had something like eight targets, 70 yards, and a a rushing touchdown. He had three rushing attempts in the game. Oh, yeah. He had a big game early in the year without Debo as well. You're right. Just recently.
0: Yep. It was when they blew out the Giants. So uh, who you got at number one? the
3: giants at number one is a guy we've seen have back-to-back blow-up games the last two weeks and he gets to play one of the same teams he played against in the last two weeks uh it's jonathan taylor running back from the colts he gets to play houston for the second time in the last three games uh we saw what he did to the las vegas raiders last week the texans are one of the worst run defenses we've seen in a long i mean in are certainly one of the worst in the league this year um You know, if you look at the numbers, they're second in the league in rushing yards allowed. They're second in yards per attempt. They're tied for fourth in rushing touchdowns allowed on the year. Um, You know, they're, I think, 29th in run defense DVOA. And Taylor, a couple weeks ago when he played them, for some reason, the Colts didn't want to give him the ball until the fourth quarter when they had the lead. But he put up 70 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. And he also had a long receiving touchdown where he was just not covered. At all? <laughs> well, yeah. well did he have a
2: major fumble problem? I remember in the middle of the year. I wouldn't refer to it no. as major, but some things that made his coach get angry. Well,
1: rookie running back problems, sure. Yes, but it seems like he's graduated to uh, uh, to the top of the top of the pops lately.
2: Oh yeah, he's. I concur. Number one.
1: Uh, but yeah, Houston he's... has has a lot of problems. I mean, they're falling apart on multiple angles. Uh, they've lost players. Players are injured. Players are out on suspension. Their management is gone. So like what a good team to play against, right? I mean look at the look at the Bears. They had a fun time and they're the Bears. Yeah.
3: So just just to uh dive into what Glenn just said, Jonathan Taylor's fumbled the ball once this season. Oh, well then why did he get why did he lose favor? I think he just um, wasn't he... he had a few weeks where he just kind of wasn't seeing the field well. It was like almost like a Trent Richardson-esque couple of games where he just uh, wasn't don't, seeing the Don't field. mention that oh, name. That's, that's, I know. That's, you're <laughs> going to scare, so scare every owner of Jonathan Taylor. It was, but it was, but he's, he's overcome it. We've seen him look like the Jonathan Taylor we saw at Wisconsin the last couple of weeks. And I think that's going to carry forward. And I can't imagine that they go back to, all right, we're only going to use you in the fourth quarter to salt the game away yeah, yeah. after what he's done the last two weeks. Yep. He's been tremendous. The matchup is as good as it's going to get for a running back. And we, again, we've already seen him just destroy uh, this team once a couple weeks ago, and, and I think he's going to do it again this week. He's well, the guy that... I mean, he's very much an RB1 this week. There's no reason you shouldn't be starting if he's, in your, if he's on your roster. Is all right. he, this is
0: great news for my team in Drink 5, and Bad news for my opponent. In drink well, let's five.
1: well let's again uh, uh, highlight uh, Sean's column. So uh, the Ricky Report at drink5.com every week for years now. Uh, it's also posted to uh, to Reddit and, and uh, I see a lot of people commenting on it over there as was, well as a good
0: discussion there. Uh,
1: yeah, as well as uh, the things that we bring up on. On our podcast on a weekly basis, and uh, and Sean, thank you. So stick around uh, for a little bit, Sean, if if you're sure. okay with that, and we'll talk sure. about some cool matchups. We don't have time to go over some deep league stuff, but I guarantee you that if you if you head to Drink Five uh, closer to when the games start, we'll have some more information on the website, um, and and watch out for that uh, rookie report. So uh, I happen to uh, mostly agree uh, with you as I as I have over the past couple of years because. Uh, in the past, uh, several years ago, when we first had you starting to do columns for the site, uh, I, I would I would disagree with your column, and then uh, the games would prove me wrong. So, <laughs> so so now I gotta I gotta give you the the cred that you deserve, man. So uh, so cheers to you, and let's uh, let start with a couple matchups. So we'll start with one cheers. one cheers. Uh, from Jason, uh, if if you want to uh, just uh, move forward with the first. Matchup that you have, we'll just talk about a couple of uh, of players uh, to to go in this particular game.
0: Sure. So the Bills are playing the Broncos, and the Broncos. Um, I'm sorry, the Bills have been riding high. They have six wins in their last seven games. Uh, they beat the Steelers last week. They've won three in a row since the Hale Murray game that they lost in Arizona. And the Broncos are miserable. They have a five and eight record, and they're kind of all over the map. They're beating some teams they shouldn't beat. They're losing to teams that you know maybe they should be more competitive against.
1: Can I just say that that I I oftentimes disagree with and actively dislike the nicknames that people come up with from ESPN or NFL <laughs> Network or whatever. But Hail murrays awesome. All, All
0: right. right, it's, 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 I, it's I won, growing on me. I did not like it at first, oh, but it's growing. I, I give Madison it an A football minus. Football matchup because of that Hail murray It
2: oh, was awesome. Was... It was it was the most epic thing I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: <laughs> Go on. <laughs> The uh, the safety at the end of the Monday night game was oh. uh, some disagreement with that. That was brutal, thing That was ridiculous. That's true. Uh, so anyways, the matchups in this game are in favor of the Bills because uh, they have a very strong offense. Broncos aren't too bad on defense, but as Sean mentioned earlier, uh, they have a lot of injury problems. So uh, Josh Allen, I, I have him written out as a moderate start, but uh, when considering all of the injury issues, I suppose I have to push him to a, uh, a strong start because he has been playing very well. Um, however, the Broncos have held all quarterbacks this season to below 24 fantasy points, including Hill Mahomes and Bridgewater in the last three weeks, who were under 21 points. Uh, Dave has him ranked at number four this week and I um, you know, I, I can't imagine you sitting him unless Dave, you said you had Aaron Rodgers as well.
1: Uh, yes. On a team with Josh and, Allen. Yes, and 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 what what Sean was saying, like you said about the corners being out, etc. Like it it makes me think maybe I should start Josh Allen, but it would be a mistake this year to not start Aaron Rodgers in any matchup.
0: is it well, I think Rodgers has a piece <laughs> of cake matchup too, right? Uh,
1: he uh, I don't think it's a tough one, but I'm not. I don't remember who he's going what? against. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is going up against uh Carolina, and he's my number one ranked. Uh, uh, quarterback, quarterback.
0: <laughs> yes if you're gonna do the rankings i would go with the guy you rank number one overall yes
1: if I, I don't if i don't pick my own rankings on <laughs> on quarterbacks then i can't be trusted man
0: <laughs>
2: my my biggest thing on rogers even starting in the beginning of the year is they drafted another
3: quarterback
2: and i know that as soon as they draft another quarterback he was going to decide to play the best football he ever could because oh, yeah. nobody could ever replace him.
1: He already
0: said on on his own rookie of the year, Jordan Love. Plan. Most important rookie of the year, Jordan Love. Uh, oh yes, by He's making seen. Aaron Rodgers an MVP. Yes, yes, that's, that's true.
1: He okay. wins the offensive rookie of the year without throwing a touchdown. Yes, <laughs>
3: right, right. It was more important to get Jordan Love and motivate Aaron Rodgers and Brandon Ayuk, who could have come in, and who would have them made them right right like
1: away. a, a one loss. I can see if you got a good lawyer in there, he can make that case. He can make that. Case.
3: Could you, could you imagine if he had gotten Ayuk or Chase Claypool or somebody or like Justin that Jefferson, of Jordan Love, oh, so, man. Was Jefferson, yeah. I think, was off the board by then, right? Jefferson and Rager, I think. Jefferson off- was
0: like 21, so yeah, they would have been before the Packers. I picked. think,
3: I think, well, no, you know what? IUK might have been gone too, but Claypool was a second round pick.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It was, um, there was a whole article about how, uh, I forget the team, but there was a team that had like a whole bunch of locker room issues because of uh, of them not drafting Jefferson and passing him up for someone. The Eagles, it was the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. Because they took Rhaegor uh, after Jefferson, yeah. and, and then uh, the whole locker room. There right was
0: before, a... right before.
1: Or before him, Sorry. So there's a whole before. there was a whole uh, uh article about like all these players who were speaking out and like this, this turmoil that happened in the locker room because of Justin Jefferson when Jefferson didn't do anything uh to start yeah, he had any nothing of to do that. With it. <laughs> They're just they they started going <laughs> And that's a I, wonderful... I feel bad about Jalen because he's a good receiver too, but Jefferson <laughs> Jefferson's blowing up.
0: Yeah, so yeah. a wonderful digression on the Packers and the Eagles. But we're talking about the Bills at the moment. Sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> I got a little sidetracked.
0: No, I, oh, I let us there. Uh, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, he's been lighting it up. He leads the league in receptions. He has 46 receptions in the last five games. So Denver is Not as up... good
1: as Brandon Ayuk.
0: <laughs> Nobody's as good as Brandon Ayuk that we're going to talk about. Uh, Denver's given up the... And by the way, the Packers could have gotten any wide receiver at all, anywhere, and it would have been an improvement. Thanks. Anyways, <laughs> the uh, Broncos are giving up the eighth-fewest points to opposing wide receivers. They have not given up a 20-point game all season. Uh, Diggs is ranked far too highly to sit him, and with all the cornerbacks out, you have to keep him in. Um I'm looking also at Cole Beasley. So last week was the first game where Beasley had at least 10 targets and did not turn that into a big game. I don't expect Allen to go to him quite so much because the Broncos give up a lot of rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks and they're going to be able to go down the field a little bit more rather than have to uh hit the shorter passes. So I think you sit Beasley this week. Anybody else behind me on that?
1: Well, Beasley ha- has had some games that that have been uh, less than stellar, and, mm-hmm. and by that I mean like four or five points. But he's had a lot of huge games too, and we've talked about him uh, at length. So Low far floor, this high year. ceiling. And yeah. so uh, to say that this could be a floor game for Beasley, that's a tough sell uh, based on his recent performance. But I don't see any anything um, pointing to the fact that it's going to be a huge game for him either. So uh, I'll I'll go with you on that. Uh, I think that. Uh, um, where if I'm looking at uh, where I have Beasley at the moment.
0: Yeah, I just think that with the lack of cornerbacks, they're gonna be throwing the ball down the field more and Josh Allen is gonna run it a little bit more. Um,
1: I, I have to have him at twenty-seven right now and half PPR, which is actually on par with the ECR. Uh, normally it is is not where my picks are. Yeah. Uh but that puts him uh pretty squarely in like the wide receiver three slash flex territory. Yeah. And I could see if you are feeling like uh, that he's a sit this week. Um. Uh. To take a word from Sean, which I hate using. Uh, perhaps he's. Perhaps he's due for. Uh, for a, a lower. A regression. A lower game. Let's of buzz regression. all the words. Yeah. I mean, we can't. <laughs> we can't.
3: Thing, Go ahead. One thing to keep in mind with them is they did just designate John Brown uh, to return. Yeah, the he's
1: coming line. back. That's right. So if
3: if Brown by some chance suits up this week, certainly you would da- downgrade Beasley a little bit you would downgrade Gabriel Davis a lot because he's not really consistently usable uh, if Brown is healthy. Um, but if Brown is out against his defense, Beasley, I think, is probably good for 50-plus yards and, and a handful of catches, uh, as he typically is. you got to
1: love that little it's guy. Still,
0: yeah, that's still like per, like generally going to be below 10 points. And I feel like you need upside guys more. I would almost rather go with a Gabriel Davis this week, assuming no John Brown. Davis is only owned in 29% of leagues on Flea Flicker, so you got a chance at grabbing him. Uh, he is a long shot in DFS, but he scored three, uh, a touchdown three weeks in a row now. Um, only three catches in each of those games, but Allen is looking his way. Um, and with uh, a banged up secondary, I think that Davis can help exploit that. Um, and then the rest of the team: Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, any of the tight ends you care to mention. None of them can be relied upon in fantasy football semifinals. Uh, if you were starting them, then you're not, um, you know, you're not in the playoffs anymore. No. <laughs> okay. I think no, I not. think
3: in deeper leagues, Moss is actually not a terrible option this week. Uh, the Broncos are tied for uh, allowing the fourth most rushing touchdowns. He doesn't in- have a lot of
1: touches uh, game over game, but he's had a couple games where he's had touchdowns, multiple touchdowns even. Uh, well, so so it's definitely a possibility.
3: And and after he – I mean, he was, again, he was benched against the 49ers after fumbling early in that game. I think the fumble is actually credited to Josh Allen, but it was a Moss fumble uh, early in the game. And he sat the rest of the day, but then they went right back last week and he was right back to playing almost 60% of the snaps. Uh, and he is the guy who is on the field at the goal line, not Devin Singletary, of course. Josh Allen could very well run those in himself, and he does sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a very solid chance that Moss finds the end zone in this game against a Denver team that is going to be searching for answers on defense without their defensive backs healthy, and they're already bad against the run to begin with.
0: hmm All right. Uh, we'll look at the other side. We got Drew Locke, who was last week's leading passer by passer rating. He threw four touchdowns. He had a 149 uh, passer rating. Mm. His best game as a pro um, – so, <clears throat> excuse me. Locke is ranked 22 this week according to Dave's rankings. However, I like him in two quarterback leagues. The Bills are giving up the eighth most points to opposing quarterbacks. I expect a strong follow-up game from Locke. So, if you've got him in a two quarterback league, I think that he would be a strong start this week. They're going to need uh, a, a lot of offense to keep up with the Bills. That means throwing the ball. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. You've got uh, both these guys are splitting carries. Way too much. Gordon is between 11 and 15 the last five weeks. Philip Lindsay averages 12 and a half carries uh, per game <laughs> the last four weeks. Uh, it, but Philip Lindsey has a terrible per carry average, and that's the problem. Uh, so um, they're in a really much a split situation. Yeah. I can't rely on either of them. They're not getting receptions either. Lindsay for sure you're sitting him. Uh, Gordon, I would recommend as a sit. But if you've got limited options, then I can understand why you would want to start him. I could see that
2: um i think melvin, melvin gordon will still be a strong play during that game and you are completely correct i would put i would put him completely in completely correct
1: jason completely
2: completely
0: 100 100 i like hearing that tell me again how correct i am uh, 100
2: 100 correct uh the volume that's going to go to him is going to be massive because they're going to be down by 21 points maybe in the first quarter so we'll see how it all works out especially with the as as sean had mentioned the three cornerbacks of uh denver being out um and nobody else they can't punch the ball in so it's going to be
0: passing touchdowns so that's what you get yep uh you got Noah Fant. he was a surprise sit last week because he had an illness so you want to pay attention to his status uh it's not cramps it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's only cramps it's only cramps you guys. it's
3: not cramps or poops
0: <laughs> uh, so the Bills are giving up the 6 most points to opposing tight ends including 10 plus point games to Hunter Henry and Jordan Reed in the last couple of weeks so pay attention to Fant Ooh. if he practices and he is active both of those things need to be true uh, then he will have a decent start um, in you're only going to be worried about him if you're streaming tight ends all season long
2: um I actually have a question for the pros here, and I, I'm the amateur. I do have Fant, and I have Gronk. Who do you start, guys? Oh, interesting. Can we go oh. one by one? Can we go one by one, though? I want to hear
0: the, the reason. pick?
2: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Fant yes. versus Gronk. Well,
0: the first thing I always do when people uh, ask me these questions, I go to Dave's rankings as a reference point. Okay? Well,
2: I mean, they're usually right. I would say a lot. Well, <laughs> I appreciate A lot
0: that. of the time. So, Gronk is playing Atlanta this week. Um, and I, I'll Atlanta just say, gives I'll, up a lot of... I'll just say
1: that Gronkowski has done a lot game. better this this year than Fant has. And, uh, and, and they're both healthy right now, and so I would play Gronkowski.
0: Yeah, I think I would go with Gronkowski as well. Just, you know, I, I mean, no Fant. I'm sort of throwing out there as a streaming option for those of us who don't have uh, a Gronk or a Waller or a Kelsey uh, or, or any of those guys who you are starting every single
1: week. I mean, it is pretty great that uh, you can look at... Um, the opposing team and see that they're like, uh, what is it, the fifth the fifth worst tight end defense uh, overall, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You want to play those guys. You want to play those matchups. That but Gronkowski matter. has way more points than Fant has, and he's scored more touchdowns, and it's just historically this season and, and before that, and it's it's a better play.
0: If, if you have to make a choice, go with the one who has a bromance with his quarterback. That's right. That's true.
3: That's true.
0: There we go. They have commercials.
3: They have commercials together.
0: That's all that matters. And then to close – oh, sorry, Sean, go ahead.
3: Sean. I was going to say, just to chime in, I think if Fant is healthy and is active, he is a safer play than Gronkowski. Oh. Gronkowski has one or two catches in four of his last five games. Ooh. Um, So you need a touchdown to feel good about him, whereas Fant typically has at least three catches every single time that he's healthy and plays. And like you mentioned, the Bills give up the fifth most tight end points per game. Jason, you mentioned Fant as a guy you're only concerned with if you're streaming tight ends. I don't know if you've seen outside of the top five tight ends what it looks like. Fant is a top ten tight end all year. Oh, each. my point is guy. almost
0: everyone is streaming tight ends this year. But
3: I mean, Fant is a guy that if you had him, you've probably held on to him because he's at least one of the handful of guys along, probably in the same tier. Oh, sure, as but you're TJ Hawkinson or there's a few guys that have been at least semi consistent. You know what I mean? And he's a guy, Gasicki, where you've probably held on to him because there probably isn't better options on the waiver wire unless you want to roll the dice on a Cole Komet or, you know, guys like that as they kind of get opportunities. Keep on throwing those Yeah, a fan you're probably,
0: you're probably holding on to even though you're streaming. So you're yeah. picking up a second guy occasionally. Uh. Um, and then just to close out this matchup, you have the wide receivers. Tim Patrick ranked 33. Jerry Judy ranked 44. KJ Hamler ranked 58. All of them are candidates to score on any given week. None of them have settled into a dominant role on the team. So none of them can be counted on to produce week after week. Um, I do not think any of them are ranked high enough to be an automatic start. Uh, Tim Patrick, as a WR4, is the only one you may be looking at. And boy, you know, like that would be the very last player on your team if you're still in the playoffs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So maybe he's the best player available of the rest, but probably not. Probably you've got somebody stronger on your bench. Um, So I don't, I I do think that um, Drew Locke will have a strong game in the passing game, but that's going to be because uh, he has many options and not any one of them as like a dominant one, which is sort of a strength if you think about it, because then the Bills can't focus in and shut down just one guy. It's true. Because it's not like they're taking away too much when they shut down one guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, we have a question in the in the chat room. It's a lineup question, and and this is from SDG Talk. So thank you for the for the question, bro. And uh, a bunch of garbage players. He says he has for one flex spot. That's Brish- is this
0: like the lineup that we got a couple weeks ago? That was like the greatest lineup we've ever seen.
1: That's a different guy. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Rashad Perryman, uh, James White, Jacoby Myers, Le'Veon Bell, Russell Gage, or DeAndre Washington. And I'll say this, uh, I'm glad you you left the the best for last. Uh, though you may not think that guys like Gage and Washington are really good. They actually are uh, a pretty interesting place for this particular week. So okay. I like Gage. It's a good segue to my next thing I'm going to talk about with the Atlanta Falcons matchup. Um, I'm going to pick Gage for that 100% because Julio Jones is not going to play this week. And there's a, uh, a one particular corner who's going to shadow Calvin Ridley that even though he may get a lot of targets in the game... Uh, he's probably not going to have a great game because of that. And I think Matt Ryan's going to gonna target Gage a lot because yeah. of that shadow corner. So I'm going to go with him. I would say Washington's my number two. Uh, and then after that, maybe Perriman. Um, uh, so what do you guys think? Again, that's uh, Brashad Perryman, James White, Jacoby Myers, Le'Veon Bell, Russell Gage, and DeAndre Washington, all of who are competing for one flex spot on SDG's team.
0: So, I don't know that DeAndre Washington is going... Oh, no, wait, that's in Miami now, right? He's
2: in
3: Miami I'm, yeah. I'm thrown off with He's, the old Raiders thing. His, his status depends on whether or not Gaskin or Ahmed play yep. this
0: week. Yeah. I was yes. thinking all about the Josh Jacobs tweeting that he wasn't going to play, but then he did play sort of thing. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, I, I think number one on this list is Russell Gage for me.
1: Oh, and he says same guy. I so agree. I guess it is the guy who had a crazy lineup. Uh-huh. But you know what? Uh, even people with, with with crazy lineups still have horrible flex position decisions to make.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you start Tim Patrick.
1: Sometimes. I never start Tim Patrick. That's just a, that's a never start for me. Okay. So. I mean,
3: Tim, Tim Patrick is the wide receiver one in that wow. offense.
1: Oh, my God. You that doesn't, not, hit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, week? but he's the wide receiver
0: three in a lot of offenses. <laughs> would've I would have taken him last week.
2: You would have hit last week. You're right. You're right. You're okay. You're right.
1: You're right. You can bet black every time you're playing roulette. Doesn't mean you're going to win. You're going to win
3: so 48% of the
0: time. <laughs>
3: remind me of the list again. So it's DeAndre Washington,
0: Prashad Perriman,
3: James White,
0: Jacoby Myers, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Russell Gage, and DeAndre Washington. Boom.
2: I agree with Rus- Russell Gage myself. I mean, it's just matchup. And... Just say Gage.
0: Just say I, I Gage. Can't, I, I can't support Show. any of the Patriots no. with the way Cam Newton's been throwing the ball.
1: We can we can give him the four.
0: Uh... And I cannot support a New York sure. Jet. Majority rule. Do anything? Yeah, what? <laughs> well,
3: Perriman Perriman is probably going to be shadowed by uh, Jalen Ramsey. I mean that. <laughs> It'll <across> be <laughs> Cross him off the list. The only guy in that Because Jalen Ramsey has nothing to better their...
0: to do this week.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Honestly, with, with the guys he's he just be... listed, I might be looking at the waiver wire to see what's available. The because man's... the Bucks. you mentioned Carlton Davis is the corner you're referring to in Tampa. Um, but he's been dicier in recent weeks. He's the guy who gave up 200 yards to Tyreek Killings. Yes, but that's quarter. that's
1: that's maybe the. I'll I'll get to this in a second. I'll, I'll, I'm talking about that matchup, so I'll address that. But that was the one thing that is is sort of made him dicey. Other than that, I mean, uh, if if you look at uh, what what he just did against uh, Jefferson and, and Thielen, he only allowed five total yards on four targets when he was covering them. So I if mean, you it's,
3: watch if you watch that game. Kirk Cousins was under fire on almost every snap. The pressure is what has made that defense so effective that the quarterbacks have to get rid of the ball quicker than they want to. It's more that than that his coverage has been spectacular. Look, we, been we, we can
1: get into a lot of inception here, but I mean, the point sure, is he's, sure. he still is a shadow corner uh, and and Ridley's going to still get targets, but but it's not Ridley who we're talking about, right? No. It's, it's that Gage would be the number two receiver on a team that's going to have to throw the ball.
3: But, but is Gage going to play on the outside? Is he going to play in the slot? I think it'll be – because I think Olamide is, is Zacchaeus. Is he healthy? I don't even know at this point if he's healthy or not. Z- the, the the Falcons have had kind of a, a mess of guys after Julio and Ridley that have played. I'm not sure. Um, I, but you're, I think all of these guys are all pretty dicey. Gage is probably the best one. He did it. He said Gage. But, he all right, said Gage. I would, there it is. But I would be scouring the waiver wire. for <laughs> sure if Lynn Bowden is available, um,
1: that's what I would do. No, that's a good Second point. If Lynn
3: Bowden is out there.
1: That's a good point. If, Maybe a Gabriel if, Davis. If, if, if Lynn Bowden is available, play Lynn Bowden. He's going to have a, at least a decent game, especially in a, a PPR league, which you didn't say if it was or not, but I assume that most leagues are at this point. Uh, I mean, I'm
3: sure he, he may have been picked up on waivers at this point, but Jeff Wilson Jr. against the Cowboys is another one for a flex spot that would be oh, available yeah, well, than to any of those after guys. After everyone was
1: talking about uh, Mostert, and, and here yeah. we are, you know, it's uh, it's Jeff Wilson instead. So and Wilson so let's...
3: hasn't been better than Mostert when they've played. Like, Mostert has played better, but Mostert's injury, if, he, if it holds him out, Wilson's going to have a big game against him. So Davis.
1: let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons matchup, and uh, it's versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday at noon. And, again, the Atlanta wide receivers Jones, Ridley, and Gage. Jones is likely out for this matchup based on the latest injury update that he's <sighs> week-to-week per interim coach Raheem <laughs> Morris – Hey, Julio Jones fan. I'm I'm very sorry.
0: I got him on a team that's in the playoffs. It's very sad. Well,
1: you're not playing Julio Jones. No, I'm playing
0: I'm Cole Beasley, who I just told everyone not to play. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so Ridley. He's the best of the rest. Ridley engaged, yeah, queued up for yeah. an interesting matchup against the Bucks passing defense. Bucks passing defense allowing the 12th most points to wide receivers at 24.4 fantasy points per game, which certainly sounds good on paper, but again, the Bucks cornerback Carlton Davis, I like Sean was able to bring up some points that are very valid, but he still is a shadow corner to the point where uh, uh, people have been affected negatively in most situations when he's guarding them. Uh, And I think that that's going to affect Ridley's performance negatively. Now, will it make you stop playing Ridley? Probably not, because if it moves Ridley from a WR1 to a WR2, you're still playing him in your starting lineup. But uh, Russell Gage, I think it does help, because I think Matt Ryan is more likely to target the ball Towards parts of the field in in which uh, um, uh, Carlson Davis is not. It is not. And and that's all I'm saying.
0: Very succinctly put.
1: So uh, temper expectations and expect Gage to uh, have another plus game. He did have five receptions on seven targets for 82 yards, and he threw a 39-yard touchdown to Ridley last week. So uh, Calvin
0: Ridley has the fourth most points per game in the league.
1: Some of them from Russell Gage.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right, because Russell Gage threw it to Ridley.
1: So let's talk running backs now. With Gurley combining for just nine points in PPR over the last three games and giving a lot of work to Ido Smith, let's just agree not to play any of these guys in this particular matchup. Are you guys okay with that? I agree. And probably through the end of the year, I'm not sure in, unless your team is, is morbidly dying uh, and bleeding out uh, in, in some horrible If we were
0: doing the cut list, I horrible think Ty Gurley would be on it.
1: Do not play Atlanta Falcons uh, running fine. backs. Please do not yeah. do this.
3: <laughs> it's, it's honestly it's surprising I, i'd say ito has probably looked like the best one of the group in mm-hmm. recent weeks but i'd agree like, with that don't sean play yeah any of
1: them. no don't play any but if you're gonna play one play ito uh but don't
0: play any of them by, but don't do that by
1: the way <laughs> the bucks have only allowed one rushing touchdown since week nine so it's not likely that that changes. don't play any of them uh but if you're gonna play one don't play any of them. <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as the Bucks, let's, play let's talk running backs. Uh, the Falcons are allowing the fourth least amount of fantasy points to running backs at 14.6 per game. And it, it certainly won't be Ronald Jones leading the offense on the ground since yep. he just had surgery on his broken pinky finger. And earlier today, uh, this afternoon, was added to the COVID-19 list.
0: Mm-hmm. So oh, it's times.
1: not likely that Ronald Jones is going to be out there. How very
0: 2020 of that.
1: Uh, between Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn on the bench, there are no good options and it, it will take a miracle for for any of them to give you decent fantasy production. So, can we just say altogether, let's not play any running backs in this matchup. Fair enough. All right. I agree with that. Uh and well, I have
3: I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, someone for Tampa is going to catch a handful of passes. I think McCoy is probably the best bet if you had to play one cuz uh, just last week, yeah, but, uh, but that's that's, was yeah, that's
1: that's impossible to, you're, you're to decide in the on. Fantasy yeah, playoffs you
2: here. You better not
0: have. There's Mishaw a difference McCoy. between just picking a guy and having a guy versus the entire league, uh, where you have to, you know, have a comparative
1: well, value. Well, we can certainly agree that there'll be someone that has value at the position. I but don't the, know that we Falcons can discern who that is. Give up a
3: lot of receptions to the running back position. I would say for DFS purposes, McCoy could be an interesting cheap play okay. at the position. Because Vaughn last week, Fournette wasn't active and Vaughn didn't play much at all. McCoy is the guy who I would expect to catch passes. But Fournette, obviously, Fournette caught, what, 100 balls last year, had 100 targets, I should say, last year. So he or McCoy could have a better day than we expect. But you're right, season long leagues, playoffs, you probably don't want to play either one. But I think when you get into DFS, there's some sneaky upside for both of those guys. I
0: think yeah, that's a good point, Sean. They don't really throw the ball a lot to running backs on that team, though.
1: He's saying in this particular uh, uh, position, maybe they would. And a DFS play is different from trying to play Tom, somebody I mean, Tom, on your Tom on your league. Brady,
3: Tom Brady in years past has had high volume. He absolutely like has, that. but he doesn't even have anybody
0: uh, at the running back position averaging three receptions per game this year.
3: But they've also cycled through running backs. There have been games where Fournette was the guy. There have been games where it's Ronald Jones. I mean, they've, they haven't they have had a real consistent. Well, it's, it's not I, I possible it's for a, us
1: to choose one at this right,
0: point at I all think I'm it's saying. more of a Bruce Arians That's, offense kind of thing. Sure. Mm.
3: With I mean, with, with New England, he always had that designated, this is the receiving back in this offense. Usually James White. But before that, Dion Lewis. Oh, he would definitely that,
0: benefit from that. Brady yeah. is amazing at the t- little little touch pass, screen pass sort of thing. Yeah. Uh they just that's not really part of their game in Tampa. Maybe they need to add it.
3: Well, um, Arians your right. Arians is more of a vertical passing game kind of um, offensive mind for sure.
0: Well, I appreciate the insight the and and it yeah. is
1: maybe a good guy for DFS uh or uh, DPS. sorry D, DFS. Oof-ta. DFS 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 oof as DFS as, as you're saying, uh, let's move on to uh, wide receivers for Tampa Bay. I have Chris Godwin as the number 20 wide receiver in half PPR, and Evans as the number 23. Very close. With Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller also sucking up some targets, getting some touchdowns, uh, it's becoming a little bit unpredictable what's going to happen in that particular offense. As we're talking about with the running backs, with everyone really there, Uh, with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, and they don't seem like they're really getting along very well, which is a theme with Tom Brady, by the way. Doesn't seem to be getting along with anybody over a long period of time except for Antonio (laughs) Brown, who he often shares his house with for some strange reason, and this is going to come out five years from now in some kind of weird documentary, I'm sure. About how
0: you shouldn't allow Antonio Brown near your kids.
1: No, this weird love affair between Antonio Brown and Tom Brady is going to come out. It's going to be great. Good for those kids. Good for them.
0: (laughs) Those it, crazy kids.
1: Anyway, they're both clearly WR2s this week, uh, whether or not they're drinking the TB12 water. And oh, I, they
0: definitely drink the TB12 water. I,
1: <laughs> I like Godwin this week, personally, since Brady has been having some trouble tossing the deep ball. Uh, and Godwin is finally healthy after having some issues related to the surgery on his finger. I know that that hasn't prevented him from playing, as it didn't last week. But I still think that there's just been some lingering uh, trust issues, and and we all know that Tom Brady really needs to to trust you. Maybe Chris Godwin didn't do the trust fall, and that's why the past couple of weeks uh, he hasn't been getting the the. Chris points. Godwin
0: needs some tips from Antonio Brown.
1: But uh, I think the, the <laughs> I think I think the point here in this matchup, right, is that uh, is that they are 20 and 23, Godwin and Evans, and and they uh, uh, preseason. Uh, we're, we're probably, uh, both within like the top eight receivers, uh, of, of all the receivers in the NFL. So even though Tom Brady has done a decent job himself, when we look at his statistics, uh, as an average, uh, he really came in here and, and didn't make the uh, wide receivers any better as far as fantasy production. He just made them, uh, I would
0: argue that he made them worse. He
1: made them, uh, Worse, exactly. Yeah, and so that's mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate set of circumstances.
0: Jameis Winston may throw the ball to the other team, but he threw it to his own team an awful lot as well.
1: That's that's true. Well, uh,
0: I, it I also could be you, the Bruce Arians
2: offense too.
3: Well, it uh, was Bruce Arians
0: last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, here's, here's when he was in New they, England. No, I'm just talking about Jameis. Oh, Sean, yeah. what's your what's your perspective? Here,
3: here's here's my kind of the chime in on this: is if you looked at what the two receivers did last year and said okay oh we're adding Tom Brady he's even better they're going to be better you're overlooking the fact that Jameis threw for 5,000 yards last year it's not a normal season and there was going to be regression because Brady wasn't going to throw because they're going to be in the lead more often with Brady rather than Jameis they're going to be throwing at the very least at least a little bit less they're not going to throw for 5,000 yards which means those receivers numbers are going to come down. And I think people who went into this year treating it like they were going to be as good as they were a year ago probably were going to be disappointed with the production they got from them. I think I have Mike Evans in one league and Godwin in none. Um, just because I didn't, re- I wasn't going to reach for those guys you know, ahead of, or I wasn't going to reach for him where most people were going to. Yeah. And um, it's, I mean, Evans has been the touchdown guy. It's kind of interesting with the two of them because Godwin is the guy in PPR because he's going to be more consistently targeted. But Evans is—I I don't know the exact numbers, but I guarantee Evans has more touchdowns than Godwin. I mean, I—I um, I, I think you're—I
1: think you're right. And and when they brought in Antonio Brown, that didn't help Godwin any because they're both uh, playing similar roles. Uh, so that's not very helpful uh, to the to the whole thing. But I think your 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 points is worth right. I,
3: but that. I think I think Brown more took targets away from Scotty Miller and from Tyler Johnson and the other like, the ancillary guys down the depth chart more so than from Godwin and from uh, Mike Evans. I think that's who he affected more. And perhaps Gronkowski, who's, again, one or two catches in four of the last five games.
1: Yeah.
0: So what else you got on this game, Dave? Uh,
1: nothing. Uh, so so I'm, I'm wrapping that up.
0: Okay, we got another question from the chat room um uh, we, we need to pick one running back here We got adrian peterson deandre washington or bowden jr who i suppose was probably just added to the roster in the last few minutes since the last question
1: <laughs> so i i like lynn bowden jr uh, over both of those guys and so
0: I, i've heard it all night long what is the correct pronunciation of his name
1: well ask sean i mean where did he go to college yeah where sean? did he go to
0: college sean uh, he
3: went to kentucky i believe
1: and how do you pronounce his last name do you know
3: I think it's Bowden, but I've heard it both Bowden and Bowden. I think I've said it both ways on this. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. Both ways. Bowden. We'll have to go Bowden back to the pe- tapes. We'll Louise. have to. I, I, you know. I might be able to find a proper pronunciation. Give me one second. But he says
1: it... he says not PPR, and that's an interesting distinction. So if I if I look at my uh, particular rankings, for example, uh, then I'm going to have DeAndre Washington probably a uh, 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 tops out of those guys if it's not PPR because I he's going to. Ha- well, he's going to have the the clearest target, a uh, uh, path to actual um, uh, touches for 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 yards, uh, in my in my opinion.
3: I dis I disagree. I think that I mean, Washington last week had 52 yards uh, of, from scrimmage. I don't know that the, I think Bowden or Bowden or however you want to say <laughs> it is probably going to have more than 50. I mean, I think. He'll probably outproduce Washington in yards. You're counting on a touchdown from Washington. and you're also counting on Gaskin and Ahmed both being out again, which is not a sure thing.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, no right? you, you're hundred percent right, but you, but you also have to remember that uh, uh, that, that Lynn, uh, Lynn Bowden or Bowden. <laughs> um,
0: so I get I, I have a pronunciation from the Athletic, which is a fine you know publication, but it's sure. literally B O W - D I N. Which is no help at all. Is he is he from Louisiana? Well, it doesn't. No, it, it went, doesn't specify if it's Bo if or, or bow. Bo.
1: Well, that 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 shows that it's that, that shows that it's din and not den. So it's probably Bowden. Because Bow. Could be Bowden.
3: Bobby. <laughs> Bowden Bowden. It's the same ending. I like <laughs> this. This Bobby is, Bobby, is a, Bobby, Bobby Boucher. Well, this is this is actually called
1: the 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 fantasy phonetic finish line uh podcast and uh, we're happy to have you guys on but sorry
3: so i do have one more question it's not from within your chat um a question that um somebody offline asked me and i'd love to get the group opinion on it oh offline idea here
1: that's a word i haven't heard since like the 90s all
3: right so it's a it's start one of the following three guys in full ppr it's amazing that one of these guys is included with the other two, given what their names are. But given the way the season's gone, it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. It's Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, and Wayne Gallman.
2: Jesus.
3: So, so you had, you had do Zeke we have our matchups here? Okay.
0: That, that's not hard um,
3: for me.
1: I start go, I start Jacobs if Jacobs is, is playing and healthy.
3: Josh Jacobs against the Chargers. 100%. And then uh, Gallman, let me see, the Giants are against... The the Browns.
1: But but uh Zekiel is the is dead last for me in that uh lineup. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I gotta agree. Zeke is Zeke dead. Zeke at last. the
3: bottom of the PPR yeah. list is wild. Yeah. To
1: you me. just wanted to see Zeke at the bottom is what you Zeke wanted. Zeke is dead to me no, this year.
3: Somebody legitimately asked me that I haven't answered him yet, and I would love to like let's round table it and let's see what people think. Yeah. Zeke's dead.
2: <laughs> Long live Zeke. I,
3: I mean, as somebody who has Tony Pollard in Dynasty, I'm okay with that. 80,
2: eighty million dollar. Is it eighty million dollars?
1: Well, it's tough. I mean, Gallman's still the starting running back there, but the the Giants are are a team that. We're have
0: Colt McCoy this week again, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. They're a team that's just not going to do very well in general. And... Yeah, but
0: he is fantasy average to decent every week. He's no Kyle Orton. That Colt McCoy.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Few backups are. You're yeah.
3: right. Losing. I mean, losing Daniel Jones Kyle probably Arden. means they run the ball more because. What, uh, didn't did McCoy start the game against Seattle, or was that Jones?
0: I'm not sure. No, that was Jones.
3: Okay, I was going to say because Gallman was about the only guy who's run for over 100 yards against Seattle in months. That's well, just because um,
0: Seattle gives up so much in the passing game that nobody needs to run against them. Um,
3: interesting, interesting fact about the Seahawks: they haven't given up a receiver touchdown since Week Eight. Wow.
0: Well,
1: I, I have to go with Jacobs because, in my opinion, he's still that same uh, RB1, even if he's uh, uh, very borderline now. And and the Raiders' offense uh, it, it may not be what it was earlier this year when, when we uh, flipped a quarter into the wishing well, uh, or at least our friend Tad did. Uh, and it worked for a little while, but it doesn't work for the whole season, Tad. you got to put more than 25 cents in there. So uh, we're, we're looking
0: uh, it only It's only good for one Chiefs win. That's
1: right. So, But we're still looking, I think, uh, uh, at Josh Jacobs, unless you guys think differently. Um, no,
3: I, I, I am in agreement. That was my instinct when I saw the question. Not is Ezekiel Jacobs Elliott
1: is the guy. answer. Yeah. Not especially. Not
3: especially <laughs> against the Chargers. If we know that Jacobs is healthy, it has to be Jacobs. He's going to get the ball a bunch. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders need to do whatever they can to keep A, G, Justin Herbert off the field, and B, keep their defense off the field. Yeah, um,
0: but,
1: but we got We got to close up the the show, so why don't we wrap up, Jason? Uh, give us some uh, closing, uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, well,
0: I just want to thank you, Sean, for coming on with us and uh, sharing your rookie wisdom. Make sure that everybody goes and checks out. Sean's got two more rookie reports that he's going to – Uh, He owes us for the rest of the season, and then we'll uh, release him from his contract.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Probably three of them.
0: Oh, I like that—a little roundup, maybe. Nice.
3: I nice. I love to throw in some DFS fun for Week Seventeen. For Week, week 17. Seventeen, and for the if record,
0: and you know, a lot of rookies are going to get action for. that week too.
1: Yeah, for those of you that are still uh, hanging out here because you have teams in the playoffs, et cetera, you're in dynasty leagues or whatever, uh, we'll definitely be doing some shows uh, in the preseason and uh, you know before, during, and after the rookie draft, which is the real meat and potatoes of of those kinds of leagues. And it's a lot of fun
3: so and, and I always I always enjoy week seventeen where like you have to kind of decipher who has something to play for who's oh my who god who that
1: was. week is crazy
3: <laughs> i've I've won you could just a, flip a, a decent too. amount I mean I've probably made five times my investment in DFS in week seventeen two or three years running just because it's I mean it's you just have to know who has something to play for yeah.
0: well, that's fantastic uh, I look forward to your tips for that maybe I'll uh yeah. jump in on that this week so uh apparently uh our guy SDG talks says it's Bowden. Bo, Bow, Bow Bodon. Well, <laughs> it remains to be seen. We, we we'll we'll figure this out next week. We <laughs> do know however that Louisiana.
3: it's
1: Louisiana. Tua Tungovaloa. Well, we know it's Tungovaloa. Tua Tungo Vailoa. Although every single I, announcer I said calls him Tungo
3: Vailoa when I was talking quarterbacks, I know it's spelled Taglo Vailoa, but it's pronounced with like an N that's not there. Oh
1: well, yeah, there's, yeah. There's
0: another. There's just nothing but difficult dolphins this year. Well,
1: but all the announcers are Savon, still calling Achmed, him Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa and adding in an extra A for no reason. And oh, but yeah,
2: That's that's too much. That's not necessary. <laughs> he says that's too
0: much. Savon, Don't, add Savon, Don't add the A. Don't add the A.
1: All right, come on, we're we're finished with the the, phonetics.
0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. (laughs) We will figure out how to pronounce Mr. Lin's uh, last name next week for you. And let's just hope he has a good fantasy game. Mr. Lin. And it's worth
1: talking about. I don't know if this is like a a weird Jackie Chan movie from the 70s.
0: (laughs) 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 So make sure that you go to the website later in the week and check out Dave's updated rankings, The Rookie Report. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Drink5 in both places. And uh, we will see everyone next Wednesday night.